Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Amen. Good morning, City Light. How we doing? Come on, you guys out there. I'm going to need some help today. All right, there's not a whole lot of people here this morning. If you're joining us online, which we hope you are, um, we're so thankful that you're here. But uh, my name, as Kenny said, my name's Chuck. I get to be one of the pastors that lead this uh, thing that we're calling West CB. And uh, just so thankful that you guys have jumped in to be a part of it. Um, we have been, since January the 3rd, We've been in the middle of a series called uh, Being, and the whole idea behind Being is we're trying to give some tools. We're trying to give some ways where we can be with Jesus, and by being with Jesus, we're going. We're hoping that we're being more formed like Jesus, and uh, and we so we be with Jesus. And then we're trying to be like Jesus. So that's where we are. That's where we, what we've been trying to do in this sermon series. And I'm sad to say that this is the last one. This is the last sermon in that series. And we are uh, uh, sad to see it actually come to a close. Um, I say it all the time that um, I want us to be more than a group of people that gather in a room. Like, I want us to be more than just coming to Sunday, coming to gather on Sunday morning like we're, like we're checking a, a box. Our hope is that we would be a family of disciples that make disciples, right? We want to make disciples that make disciples. A family where uh, walking in obedience to, to Jesus is something that's normal. Uh, something that we've been saying in this series is we want to be with Jesus so that we can be like Jesus, and that entails walking with Jesus. And so here's the deal. We don't want this conversation to end now. Like after this week, we don't want this conversation to end. In 20, 25 minutes when this sermon is completed, we don't want this to be you know, that conversation to be over with. We want it to continue to carry on. Um, we want it to keep it on the front burner, but I'm going to tell you guys, we need some help with this because it's easy to build a sermon series, to preach through a sermon series, to end that sermon series, and then to dismiss that idea or dismiss that subject as something that we don't go again. So we need some help with this. And you guys may have seen on your um, on your pew or on your seat, there's some some uh, pieces of paper. There should be some pens pretty close to you. Um, and this is what we want to do. How many of you over the course of this series have had questions? Anybody? That questions that you're like, you know, I wish I could ask them personally that question. Um, here's what we want to do. We want you to, uh, look, can you throw those subjects up on the, on the screen? Um, so there's the subjects that we covered uh, over this series. We covered the Bible, reading the Bible. We covered generosity. Um, we've got uh, Sabbath or rest, serving and spiritual gifts, gathering. Why do we gather? Why do we sing? Um, fasting, what's the purpose of that? There's maybe quite a few questions with that. Silence and solitude, how in the world 
What is that? Why is that even important? And then today we're going to be talking about prayer. Now, as you look at that list, here's what I'm thinking. There's got to be some moms out there who got like two-year-old kids. And you're like, silence and solitude? Are you you kidding me? Is that even a thing? Or maybe you work 50, 60 hours a week. And you're just lucky to get out of the house on time. And you're thinking, you mean I got to make time for rest? What? What does that even look like? Uh, how can I make that work? The whole idea is that with questions, we want to we try to be able to answer some of those. And so over the next um, five or six weeks, Kenan and I are committed to, we, we want to do some videos. And we want these videos to be questions that, uh, we want them to be opportunities to answer some questions that you guys have asked. So if you have had any questions about this series. What does it mean to fast? How do, how do I do that? I'm a, I'm a mom with young kids, silence and solitude. What might that look like for me? You know, I've been reading the Bible, but not quite sure exactly what this thing means. So can you maybe explain this? Or maybe you're like, I don't even know, like I'm just tipping my toe into the waters of who Jesus is. Uh, is this what it looks like to be a Christian? So if you have some questions, Write down those questions and put them in the ammo box, the giving box. It's uh, in the back of the, uh, the, it's actually in the front of the foyer space. Those orange boxes, just throw those questions in there. And over the course of the next six or eight weeks, uh, Kenan and I are hopefully going to be answering some of those questions for you. We're going to kick that off this week with a, uh, just kind of a wrap-up series on being. So um, we want to answer those questions. Does that sound good? All right. And if you're online this morning, probably the best way online is to go to our, um, our website, sealightwestcb.org, uh, and click on the Get Connected tab. And on that Get Connected tab, you'll be able to fill out some uh, information, your name and your email. And in the comments section, just put a, uh, that question, whatever question you might have, and we'll get it that way in our email. Um, if you're here this morning or next week when you guys get here, if you have questions, you can fill them out and be completely anonymous, but online is not, doesn't have that benefit, all right? Uh, and it's okay. There's no, there's no wrong question, right? There's no bad question. Um, they're all good questions, and we want to just kind of help people in their walk with Jesus. So let's dive in to what we have this morning. This morning, we're going to be talking about prayer. Um, how many of you would say that prayer is a struggle? It's okay, guys. This is a, this is a safe spot. Yeah, yeah. S- prayer can t- sometimes be a struggle. Um, I know sometimes when I pray, I feel like I'm praying the same things over and over and over. There are some times that I, like, I'm praying for something. I'm like, should I really even be praying for that? Is that something that's right to pray for? Um, and should I, or should I still be praying for that, right? You pray for something over and over and over. Should I still be praying for that? Do I even know what I need? I mean, Jesus says, uh, you know, I, I know what you need. Do, do we know what we need? In many ways, um, prayer has been one of those things that has kind of paralyzed me. Like, you don't really know how to do it. So what you end up doing is you don't do it at all. And so that has been my experience and with prayer. Um, and here's how I think I want to talk about prayer this morning. I want to do some teaching on prayer 
uh, from the Bible. And, um, and then I want to share a little bit of my experience with prayer. And then after that, I just want to give some really practical things on prayer. Three, diff- three practical things on prayer. Boots on the ground kind of stuff. So um, let's dive in. One of the most helpful things that I learned about prayer is that a life of prayer is a posture of dependence on God. All right? A life of prayer is a posture of dependence on God. You look at all of the examples in the Psalms. You look at the way uh, Jesus prayed, all the different places in the New Testament that we pray, uh, um, that we are encouraged to pray, all of the prayers that Paul recorded throughout the letters. Um, I think one of the things that kind of weaves its way through, one of the common threads is that prayer is a posture of dependence on God. Let's take a look at a few of them. Uh, Kenan read one just, uh, just a minute ago in Colossians 4. Uh, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, what did Paul ask them to pray for? Look at verses 3 and 4. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for, for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So Paul's heart It was that he would get the opportunity to share more about who Jesus is with people that he came into contact to, contact with. He, they, this team that he led, they were dependent on God for this. This isn't something that they could muster up and do on their own. He was saying, pray for an open door because we're completely dependent on God. Who God is. We're completely dependent on God for this. Uh, They couldn't do it on their own. And there's all kinds of statements like this all throughout the New Testament. This posture of dependence is something that we see over and over again. Let's look look in Acts chapter 1. Acts 1.14 says, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to, to prayer. So Acts 1 takes place just after Jesus ascended into heaven. He, was, he died, was uh, buried and crucified, uh, was resurrected, and now he's ascending into, he has, he has ascended into heaven, and he tell, tells his disciples, stay, stay right there and, and pray, and when you pray, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so they were doing exactly that. They were completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. They, they were completely devoted to that. They were dependent. They had that posture of dependence. Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Paul here, he's listing out a few marks of what it looks like to, to follow Jesus. Um, It says that be constant in prayer. And he says that someone who follows Jesus is constant in prayer. And that word constant, it's a a word that's used to describe a boat in its dock ready to go. Okay? So Paul is encouraging them to... um, to have a life, to be marked by a type of prayer where they're completely ready, completely devoted, completely dependent on uh, on Jesus. All right, now there's one more. You may have heard this. Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. 
Prayer is a posture. It's not only a pattern. How do you pray without ceasing? Right? That's a posture of prayer. It's not necessarily a a time and a place all of the time. Think of prayer as an orientation, not only a practice. But at the same time, prayer does include words and thoughts, right? Like you, you do pray in words. Sometimes you may not speak those words, but prayer does include words. You might think those words. Prayer includes words, but it's also a posture of the heart. It's not only a practice that we do all the time. It's a posture of the heart. It's a posture of dependence that, that's lived out in relationship. You guys tracking with me? All right. Still on board. All right. The kind of praying that we see in the New Testament isn't always about achieving something. It's, always not, it's not always about being super disciplined to accomplish or to have something happen. But a lot of times, prayer is about a relationship. It's acknowledging a relationship that you're in with the Heavenly Father. It's a, acknowledging a relationship that is made available to you um, by and through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Prayer isn't about having an iron will, but knowing and experiencing the presence of the Father. Um, Tim Keller, he puts it like this. My wife, who's been reading um, this book for quite a, a while now, uh, she said, Chuck, Charles, she never calls me Chuck. She's like, Charles, you gotta, you got to read this book on prayer. It's incredible. And so I picked it up, and immediately I'm like, this thing is incredible. She's absolutely right. Why didn't I read this, you know, two months ago when she first told me about it? But uh, it's, this book, it's called Prayer by Tim Keller. And uh, he says it like this. He says, prayer is both conversation and encounter with God. We must know the awe of praising his glory, the intimacy of finding his grace, and the struggle of asking his help, all of which can lead us to know the spiritual reality of his presence. So here's what I'm trying to say. Prayer develops within us a posture of dependence on God. Now let me share how this worked out in my life. I mentioned earlier that um, that prayer for me was always kind of hard. It was just always kind of difficult. I didn't know exactly what to do, and so I didn't do anything at all. Sometimes I didn't know what to ask for, and so I uh, I just didn't ask for anything. It was uh, it was very paralyzing, and there were a ton of questions that I had. And while I didn't get all of my questions over answered over the last probably five or six years when I began to develop more of a, of a prayer life, I got a lot of them answered, and it came from the craziest experience, church planning. All right? Um, I know it's crazy to think about that, that you can learn to pray through church planning, but more than anything else, it taught me how to depend on God. How to go to him for everything. About six years ago, um, Jen and I were part of a team that planted a church here in Council Bluffs from Omaha. Um, We had lived in Council Bluffs since we moved to Iowa. And uh, there's a a team that planted a church from Omaha into Council Bluffs. And I had to pray because initially my wife didn't want to have anything to do with it. 
She was like, I'm not sure if I want to do this thing. I was like, babe, do you want to, you want to do it? We had a, uh, um, a interest meeting in our backyard. And after that interest meeting, Eric Wiggum said, uh, hey, Chuck, are you in? I said, I'm in. Jen, how about you? And she's like, I'm not so sure about this. But we had to pray that Jen would get on board. You know that saying? Happy wife, happy life, right? So we prayed for that. When we, uh, when we started... Uh, uh, actually came and planted over here. There's a, a small building over on the south side of town, and uh, we there's a lot of prayer that had to go into that. Like, could we get the building? Could we make it work? Could we afford the building? After we got the building, uh, we had to reno the building to make it fit us. There are lots of issues that came up with that, sprinkling and all kinds of other expenses that were happening. We had to pray that God would make this thing work, that we would actually have a home to, grow, to, to go to that we could call ours so that we can grow deep into the community. Um, and then there's this thing of reaching people, right? <laughs> um, we asked God, would you fill this place up? And lo and behold, God brought people. If people came to know him, they began to trust him, and people started getting baptized. People started um, knowing him more and growing deeper with him. And God began to answer Prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. It was an incredible, absolutely incredible experience. I felt like that whatever I asked, God was going to provide it. Whatever we needed as a church, whatever we needed in our family, God was going to provide it. It was actually very, very addicting. I'm like, okay. It gave me great faith. It grew my faith in ways like I could never have experienced and never have experienced before. So for me, there was this posture of dependence that was fostered by receiving good things, right? Or as I call it, by God showing up. But what do you do when God doesn't show up? What do you do when you pray expectantly with faith and it doesn't happen? I didn't have a a category for that. You guys ever been there? You ever been there? Yeah, I was there um, last June. We were in the middle of planting this church, and um, we began to pray. Like, I felt like God was calling us. Jen was completely on board. Uh, I felt like God was calling us to plant a church here on the West End. We needed a core team. We prayed, and y'all showed up. (laughs) We needed a co-planter. We prayed, and Kenan showed up. We needed a place to meet whenever we were allowed to meet. We prayed, and here we are this morning. Things were going great. And then I get this call from Cheyenne, my daughter, my daughter-in-law. And um, she was 20 weeks pregnant at the time. And she said, um, hey, just want to let you know my water broke. And Cole and I are on our way to the hospital. And uh, I was like, all right, (laughs) we're going to pray. I I honestly entered into it with this idea that God's got this. This isn't isn't anything too big for God. So we prayed with faith, expectantly, and we prayed very specifically. And what had happened is the water broke, and so the the sack, the amniotic sack was busted. And so we prayed that God would seal it up and that he would provide that uh, amniotic fluid would grow so there would be a safe place for this little baby to grow. He was only 20 weeks old in the womb, and we prayed for a safe place for this baby to grow so that 
he could be delivered safely. And we thought that God has got this. And you know what happened? Nothing. (laughs) We prayed and we heard nothing. And just a few days later, um, Cheyenne gave uh, birth to our little grandson named Henry. And Henry only lived for about 45 minutes because his lungs weren't um, formed enough to be able to to survive. And so he lived for about 45 minutes and we, uh, we, we buried our little grandson. But here's what I, here's what I, I didn't have a category for things like that. What do you do in moments when you feel abandoned? Here's what I learned. That prayer is a posture of dependence on God for his gifts. But prayer is also a posture of dependence on God for our pain. Prayer is a posture of dependence on God for his gifts, but prayer is also a posture of dependence on God in our pain. So I discovered a new type of praying. I realized that what I've been doing is praying for stuff which is good, right? I mean, God says, Jesus says, uh, ask and what? It'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened up to you. I prayed for those things. I loved having and receiving and answering, seeing God answer those gifts. When God answered those prayers uh, during these last five or six years, I gave him, I gave him praise. I gave him glory. I was like, this is awesome. Thanks for building my faith in this way. It was, um, it was an incredible time, but I learned a new type of praying. It's called lament. Now, lament is a, um, it's an old word that means to complain or to moan. All right? There's an entire book in the Old Testament called Lamentations. And it's literally chapter after chapter after chapter of God, why? Over a third of the Psalms, as you continue to read through the Bible this year, over a third of the Psalms is devoted to lament. God asking why, or people asking God, why did you allow this? Why did you do this? And so I discovered that praying didn't only mean that I had a posture of dependence on God during the good times, but I also had to depend on him in the not so good times. My prayers went from God, would you, could you, and thank you, to God, why didn't you? Why wouldn't you? Why haven't you shown up? So I want to share a little bit of my prayers of lament with you guys, all right? And here's why I'm doing this. Um, We don't have a category for this most of the time. Like, I had to read it in a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you guys to, when, when hard times hit, when hard times come, when you get those questions in your mind as to why didn't God show up here? Why can't God do this? We need to have a category for lamenting and praying. All right? So I'm going to share this with you guys. And these are literally some prayers that I typed out whenever we were processing um, the death of Henry. All right? I want to feel and know that you're present. I want to sense your touch. 
I want to know you like I said I knew you before all this happened. Where are you? Where were you? I know that's a question I may never know the answer to, but where were you? Why couldn't you seal up the sack? Why couldn't you replenish the fluid? Why couldn't you work a miracle? I would have given you all the glory, but you chose to be silent. But now in this moment, how are you supposed to get glory? How am I supposed to speak of your goodness? I know you exist, therefore, if I know you exist, I know that one day I will see you. And when I see you, I must answer to you. I know, that in that, and I know that in that day, if I were to stand alone on my own, my questions and my thoughts and my doubts would be consumed by you. To stand before you alone would be a terrible thing. So here I am. I don't come on my own. I can't come on my own. That would be a terrible thing. I must come to you and trust you. Trust that you are good. Not because of what has happened these last few days, but because of what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus took all my doubts. He took all my questions and he stood in my place. He stood in the place that I couldn't stand and paid the price that I should have paid. Your goodness isn't shown in that substitution. Your wrath is there. The wrath that I deserve because I dare ask you why. This is what is evidenced on the cross. You let your son hang naked because I have the guts to ask why. I have the guts to question your ways. There's a weird irony in that, and this is a strange twist in the story. You made a way for me to ask hard questions. Is that perhaps why you are good? Are you good because you made a way for me to be honest about the struggles of such horrific loss? Perhaps then the cross is where your goodness shines the brightest. Yes, you are good. And you have shown us your goodness. Your goodness is shown in allowing Jesus to stand in my place. Your goodness is shown by letting Jesus take the punishment of my sin. I don't understand this. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't make sense. But this is why you are good. So would you show your goodness again? Would you draw near once again? Would you bind up our wounds? The wound of not being able to experience something that we anticipated. The wounds of a hope that was dashed. The wounds of what was supposed to be joyful and is now turned to such deep sorrow. Would you bind up our wounds and heal us with your presence? Would you allow us to feel your goodness? Would you make yourself known? Would you shine brightly in the darkness of this loss? This is what we ask. Our faith is weak and we are tired. Our weeping has exhausted our hurt and numbed us for now. But tomorrow we're going to waken again in our homes with a renewed energy to cry and a fresh dose of doubt and more questions of why. In the tomorrows of this life, we ask you to show up and remind us of your goodness. Remind us that Jesus stood in our place and gave us the ability to approach you and question you and ask you questions that we may never know the answer to.
That was my prayers of lament as we processed losing Henry. City Light prayer is a posture of dependence on God for his gifts. But prayer is also a posture of dependence on God in the midst of our pain. It's okay to complain. It's okay to ask God why. It's okay to question God in his motives and in his, the things that he does. Question, prayer is a posture of dependence on God in our pain. All right, now I said I wanted to get super practical, so we're going to kind of take a hard left turn here, all right? I want to get super practical and um, land the plane here with some, some um, just basic suggestions. Um, how do you pray? What's, the, what's some keys to uh, praying? Um, if you have a, a great prayer life, you may already know some of these. But if you don't, maybe try it and just start it, all right? Pick a time and place, all right? Pick a time and place to begin to pray. Even though uh, prayer is a posture, um, that posture gets started by picking a time and place to pray. Maybe that time might be on the treadmill or, or on the bike or as you're lifting weights. Maybe that time is as you're washing dishes or loading the dishwasher or doing laundry. Or maybe it's in your shop when you're working with the hammer or, or doing a remodel job or whatever it is as you're at the computer typing. It's whatever it is, pick a time and place to pray and, you know, present that you know, posture, get that posture to God. The, the freedom to pray anywhere often leads to praying nowhere. Get that? Sometimes when you think, I'm just going to be in prayer all the time, you often maybe don't pray at all. So the, the freedom to pray anywhere often leads to praying nowhere. Pick a consistent time and place when you can be alone. Um, some of those things that we covered. Um, number two, don't be afraid to stop and pray now. Okay? Have you guys ever had anybody as you're driving down the road, uh, somebody might enter your mind? Stop and pray for that person. That person probably didn't enter your mind for a random reason. Use that time and that opportunity as maybe uh, the Holy Spirit prompting something in you. So uh, pick a time and place. Don't free, be afraid to stop and pray now. Um, and then lastly, um, identify your prayer circles. This is probably one of the, uh, one of the things I... Um, have developed over the last couple of years is identify your prayer circles. And what I mean by that is um, start with yourself, right? It's okay to pray for yourself. Um, pray that God reveals himself to you, that God shows you who he is, that God takes you deeper in uh, walk with, with him. So pray for yourself um, for sure. And then pray for, if you're, if you're married, pray for your wife. If you're not pray, married, pray for your, uh, your closest friends, those people that are around you. Pray for your family. So you have yourself, you have uh, those that are closest to you, your family, your friends, your, your a significant other, your, your wife, your husband, whatever. Um, pray for that, that circle. And then um, the next circle might be um, praying for uh, your extended family. Maybe you pray for your city group. And then after you pray for your city group, maybe pray for your church. Then you go out to your community and your city. Pray for your nation. So, you see, pray in these, these concentric uh, type of circles so that that might give some form uh, to your prayers. But city-like prayer 
is a posture of dependence on God for his gifts. But prayer is also a posture of dependence on God in our pain. We don't want this conversation to end. This subject of prayer grows and goes in many different directions. And so if you have a question about prayer, um, then write that question down. Let us know what that is, and we will um, address it uh, in those discipleship videos that we're going to be doing over the next um, six or eight weeks, and uh, we'll look forward to that. Prayer is a posture of dependence on God for His gifts, but it's also a posture of dependence on God in our pain. All right? You guys with me? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for um, making a way for us to pray. We thank, we're thankful that you uh, sent your son to die for us on the cross so that we could uh, know and see and feel um, what it means to, to ask these questions of why. Um, we're thankful, Father, that, that uh, when we pray, you do answer. <laughs> you did say, ask and it would be given. Knock and it'll be open. Seek and you shall find. So God, we trust you. We pray expectantly knowing and trusting that you're a good father who loves to give gifts to his kids. We also come and realize things don't always work out the way we want them to. We pray, Father, that our posture would be one of dependence on you throughout our life. Teach us how to pray, dear Lord. Teach us how to pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.